everyone. Uh, welcome to a new edition of Untapped Potential, an NBA podcast with me, Isaac, and Derek. Hey, I'm Derek. Not much NBA news has broke. There's been a, there's been a couple things that have happened since our last podcast, but our last podcast really kind of covered most of it, and then the NBA is dying down in this little stasis, but right before the preseason. Um, and then we'll see rosters really solidify here in the next couple weeks um, to get into the actual season. Um, and we'll see the rookies play, and I'm, I'm excited for that. Big time. I know LeBron season opener is on um, October 18th in Portland, and I'm, I'm thinking about driving down for that if I can get some time off work. Mm-hmm. How long drive is that? Three hours. It's a three-hour drive. Oh, that's not bad. No, it's not bad. It's the closest NBA team to Seattle, so, you know. Um, but, I get, you know, maybe see LeBron's L.A. debut. We'll see how that is. But uh, I haven't decided if I can get the time off work yet. But if I can, better bet your bottom dollar I'm going to be there. You better, like, periscope that or something. That'll be fire. Oh, yeah. Periscope the whole thing. <laughs> for, for the uh, 15 Twitter followers, shout out. Yep. NBA, All 15. At NBA underscore untapped. Let's go. Hit your boys up. So one of the the biggest breaking news uh, pieces so far is um, Christmas games have been announced, the Christmas Day schedule, which is always a lot of fun. Um, and this year it seems like no exception except for the Bucks versus the Knicks. Yeah, twelve o'clock game. Uh, this will be this will be around Christmas lunch. I mean, we'll be post Christmas gift handing out, and then uh, we won't turn the TV on just yet. We'll we'll enjoy the company of each other's families, but. Uh, once you get sick of your family, then the good games start coming on around three o'clock. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, the Bucks Knicks will be at noon Eastern time. Yeah, that'll be that. It, that is ridiculous crazy. for the West Coast. Yeah. I'm not waking up at nine a.m. to okay. watch the Bucks play the Knicks. Nor should you. That's not <laughs> worth your time. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm, 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 I'm opening gifts. Like that's probably yeah. That's probably why it's there. But like, is there a rivalry between the Bucks and the Knicks that I don't know about? Not that I know. I can't think of anything that would make that game, you know, maybe Giannis against Chris Stapps. The two up, up-and-coming up stars, like maybe we're prepping for the post-LeBron era here, yeah, um, literally, marketing-wise? Literally, like, the two young stars in the East, as, I mean, outside of, like, Kawhi, but... And Oladipo. Oh, oh Thank you. my bad, my bad. How could I slander the great Oladipo? Yeah. So we're starting with the Bucks knicks Then we go to the Thunder Rockets. Uh, with the Carmelo Anthony um, rivalry, Oof. Carmelo playing against his old team, and I think uh, Paul George is going to tear apart Carmelo. I hope Carmelo doesn't play much. <laughs> I, I want to see Carmelo. We'll get into this later, but I want to see Carmelo coming off the bench. I don't want to see him have much playing time against Paul George, but you know, he, he's gonna. He has to start. If he doesn't start, he's going to drive that team into the ground with chemistry problems. I'd argue he's going to drive the team with chemistry problems either way. So. <laughs> Good signing by the Rockets. Uh, looking forward to him playing his old team. Uh, yeah, 530, you got the Sixers and Celtics, yeah. That's, I mean, outside of the Raptors, if you think the Raptors are going to do anything, if, if Kawhi decides to play basketball, I mean, that'll they'll be probably the one of the main contenders in the East. But, yeah, the Sixers-Celtics are going to be like the two up-and-comers in the East, like the teams to watch. And that'll be, I don't know, that'll be a fun game. Isaac's not a big Celtics guy. Or no, he's a big Celtics oh. guy. He's not a big Sixers yeah. guy. I, we, I was talking about this before the podcast with Derek, but like ever since they got rid of Sam Hinkie, rest in peace, um, I don't really care. 
you can't trust the process when the guy that started the process is gone. I'm, I'm sorry. I just can't trust you anymore. Your Isaac, whole slogan is meaningless. Isaac's a firm believer that the process died with Inky, but I believe that the process lives on within Embiid. We'll see as Embiid uh, matures and kind of goes about his career. I, don't, I do not know how long his career is going to be, um, but we'll get again, we'll get to that later. So 76ers in Boston, which honestly I think is going to be a really fun game. I think Boston's going to kick the living snot out of the 76ers, Ooh. but I think it'll be fun. Um, but, I mean, I mean, think about it. Boston's really got two all-stars coming back, and Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving. If they can come back. You, you, they haven't played basketball in months. You don't know. They can get injured again very easily. But then again, so could Embiid, so you, you never know. Yeah. Exactly. Like, the whole 76ers team is also riddled with injuries. They don't have a rookie again this year. Five for five on that. Like, <laughs> rest in peace. The training staff of the 76ers all needs to be fired and, like, <laughs> blacklisted. What they're doing is they just – it's just the redshirt year. It's like college. You just take – you draft somebody, get them their freshman year, and then you give them redshirt year just to get acclimated to the system. They come back and win uh, rookie of the year at age, like, 24. Yeah, like, you know, Embiid had two redshirt years. That's so amazing. Look at now. <laughs> yeah, he did great. He, he, he did. He really did. Um, I mean, that's why I think Fultz is going to be fine is because Embiid came up and did well and Simmons came back and did well. So everybody comes back and does well. Yeah. Just like, man, I wish they could play now. Um, <laughs> so, both, yeah, that game with both teams at full health, it's highly unlikely it's going to happen. But if it does, it'll be a great game to watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I hope both teams are at full health by the playoffs. I think that'll be the most fun. But you never know with those teams. The, and injuries happen on every team. It happens every year. You see somebody big go down. Um, you've had Paul George go down. Russell Westbrook's been down for a year. Kevin Durant's been out. DeMarcus. Steph Curry's been out. DeMarcus Cousins has been out. Um, Giannis hasn't been out yet. Knock on wood. Yeah, really? I, I don't know. Either way, I think the Celtics have them. You know, if they're full strength or if they're using without Hayward and Kyrie, I still think the Celtics are the better team. As a process truster, I hate that I agree. Yeah, Celtics yeah. are going to be forced to be reckoned with for the next couple of years as long as they can keep everybody together. They're um, just so deep. They're so deep, man. We'll get to them again. Uh, so we got that 8 o'clock game, the primetime game. I guess it'll be 5 o'clock on your side. But Lakers-Warriors, how do you feel about this? <laughs> I really don't care to see them on Christmas. Like, i am be honest, I don't care about – LeBron versus the Warriors until the playoffs. Like, the regular season, both teams know they're – well, I mean, in the past, both teams knew they were really good, and so nobody really cares about the – like, it's not about the regular season games. When you think about Bird and Johnson, you don't think about the regular season games. You think about the playoffs games. Exactly. You know, it's the same with LeBron and the Warriors. Like, I don't I don't care about the regular season games. Like, who, who wins, that's great. They'll get a better playoff seed. But, like, if they – when they play, if they play in the playoffs, like, that's what I'm really going to tune in. But you could, you could bet your bottom dollar I'm still going to be tuning in at 8 o'clock Eastern for this that, Yeah, that's um, true. But, yeah, you're right. It's like I don't, I'm not interested in watching the Warriors play really anybody this year because they could possibly go 82-0, and it's really like nothing's going to matter. So especially with this Lakers team, I don't really have – we'll get into my takes about the Western Conference. I don't think these, this Lakers team is going to be very good to start this year. So I really don't want to see this game just because it will probably be a blowout, to be honest. Very well could be. We got that 10:30 game. Gonna be a uh, Blazers Jazz. That'll be on at 10:30 my time. That'll be uh, right when I'm gearing down and you know going to sleep because I don't really want to watch this game either. Yeah, it's 7:30 my time. Which I honestly, moving to the West Coast, you can't go to the bars and watch you know late games. You gotta 
Well, I mean, you can, but like, I can't go to the bar at 9 a.m. and watch the Bucks Knicks play. You know, I don't have cable. I'm not going to go to a bar at 9 a.m. That's alcoholic stuff right there. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah, 7:30 is not bad. But it's the dinner rush. None of these times work well for going to a bar to watch, you know, sports. Sorry. Um, for me, but no, the Blazers Jazz. I mean, I think that's going to be fun. It's it's always fun to watch Donovan Mitchell play, and then you'll get to see him go up in a tough, kind of established veteran McCollum see those two square off against each other. I think that's a fun matchup. It'll be fun, just not for uh, not fun for me to watch because I will be doing other things. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, on Twitter uh, an alternate schedule that should have been an NBA Christmas Day schedule. Yes. So uh, we've got Lakers-Celtics. This is like no like time slots to it, just like a list. So Lakers-Celtics would be fire just because that's, you know, iconic rivalry. Yes. Then Warriors Rockets, because those are going to be that last year. That was the actual NBA Finals was decided in Game Seven of last year. So Warriors Rockets, I'd imagine they'll be kind of the same thing this year. Um, Sixers Jazz, uh, those are two young up and coming teams. They'll be kind of fun to watch. Um, I'd rather watch Sixers Jazz as opposed to Sixers Blazers. Um, Spurs Raptors, the DeRozan Leonard game, I love that. And then we'd round that out with Thunder Pacers with the. Uh, the PG Oladipo game. Yeah. I like I like that schedule a lot more. Honestly, they can't obviously they can't get it perfect, but I'll I'll be tuning in. Oh no, I'll probably those will be playing in the background at my Christmases when I'm uh, home. You know. Oh yeah, if you're home, then you'll be back on Eastern Eastern Coast. Exactly. No, I won't pay attention to the Blazers Jazz game either. Nice. <laughs> exactly. Or the Bucks Knicks. You know, I'm still eh, still open to presents at that time, man. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's when uh, that's when like the grandparents come over, like after, like in around noon or something. That's for our case. We open the family presents like early in the morning, have a little breakfast, exactly. and then grandparents come over, and catch the end of a uh, Chris Tapps getting injured. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh. Uh, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> oh man. So we we do have in other other you know after the Christmas schedules came out you know the. Not too many hot takes there, but, you know, I'm excited to watch those games. I'm really excited just for the NBA season to start. Um, but after this last uh, week, you know, uh, what was big in the news, the biggest thing that happened in NBA news this last week was LeBron James opening the I Promise School in Akron, I think. And I think that's just awesome. Um, and we were kind of looking at that, and we both agreed that that's an amazing thing. And we wanted to kind of, like, take that and highlight philanthropy in the NBA because – there's some people out there, there's some critics of NBA players being um, socially active and politically active. One of those being our president coming out and in- insulting LeBron James intelligence, which he did right before he went to Ohio. I don't know how he didn't get booed out of the stage. I, I thought LeBron's uh, – yeah, I thought LeBron was a you know god in Ohio. But you know, LeBron did the whole I promise school. He's going to pay all the college tuitions of anybody that graduates that school. He's providing school supplies. He's providing backpacks. He's providing rides to school. It's for third and fourth graders that are kind of having troubles in their other school environments. And I just, I work in the schools right now. And what I did, the reason I'm in Seattle is because I work in education. And um, this just makes me so incredibly happy to see an NBA player doing something this um, positive. And so obviously everybody's heard about the I Promise School. It was one of the biggest headlines. But we wanted to take that and kind of do a segment off of philanthropy that other players might have been involved in. And so this week I chose KD to talk about because Kevin Durant 
we, we talked about him a little last week with his stuff on Twitter uh, and kind of that greatness debate with LeBron. Um, but Kevin Durant's out here doing maybe not well, pretty pretty equal things. You know, he's got his whole the Kevin Durant Foundation is actually what it's called. But he's got two things he really does through that foundation. He does it a build it and they will play, and he funds refurbishment and building basketball courts in low-income, high-risk areas. So he did that in Oklahoma City when he played there. He did it in Berlin. I don't think he played there. Um, he's done it in China. He's done it in Austin, Texas, you know, where he played college ball. Uh, he's built courts in Seattle uh, where he played ball for a year. In Oakland where he's playing ball now. Uh, New York, he's built some courts. In New Delhi, India, he's built courts. And in Redwood City, California. So really all over the world, Kevin Durant has gone out to really try to set this basis of, you know, let's play basketball with our time. And that's really what all this recreation is about. Like, let's play basketball with our time. Like, let's dedicate our time to something something pr- productive, something fun. You know, it, it, it's awesome to see him doing this. But on top of that, what's really cool Um, What I really love is Kevin Durant. They made a Durant Center in Prince George's County, Maryland, where he was born. And it it is a school that works with education and building leaders for the future. And so Kevin Durant also has a school just like the I Promise School. And it's just cool to see NBA players work to support their communities with all of that money that they earn. How the NBA really kind of takes a step back um, and lets these players do all that they can for the community and be socially active and aware. And that's really cool of the organization not to try to step in and silence these voices and really to amplify them. I think that's great. Yeah, it's not really what you see in uh, some of the other major professional sports leagues in America. Cough, cough, NFL, cough, cough, Roger Dell. Seriously. I just wanted to highlight that uh, in the podcast. Oh, yeah. Kevin Durant definitely deserves more recognition than uh, us talking smack about his Twitter game and Instagram game. These guys are doing great things, and it's it's, it's nice to hear them highlighted in a in a good light every now and then. So props to KD. Maybe next week we'll talk about uh, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, we need to – that poor man, we slander him all day. Let's, let's get one thing straight. We don't hate Carmelo Anthony. We just recognize that he's not what he used to be talent-wise. Yes. Yes. I honestly, Carmelo, I mean, we, we tweeted about it uh, a couple of days ago, but Carmelo is really a huge activist in the Black Lives Matter community and just kind of like fighting for these youth um, to be able to walk in the streets. You know, uh, he, he, he's a big, I mean, the Trayvon Martin case, he, he very much followed that. And I think he's in a documentary about that. It, you know, that's awesome to me is that these uh, stars are stepping out of, you know, their roles as basketball players to really help communities all over the world. Oh, yeah, definitely. Carmelo, great basketball – or, no, <laughs> pardon, <laughs> pardon me. Great person, <laughs> not a good basketball player anymore. Let me get that straight. <laughs> anymore. Carmelo Anthony, we've gotten some feedback. Carmelo Anthony's definitely one of the top 50 players of all time, top 20 or 10 scores of all time. You know, just, just not – just not good anymore. But he, the thing is, he thinks he's still good. Plenty of Carmelo slander will come, you know, with future podcasts. So we, we can just save it for now. All right. So listen to this. What I just heard was, I'm summarizing what Derek just said. Derek Mallory is challenging Carmelo Anthony to a game of one-on-one basketball to determine the best basketball player. I'll do it. That's what I heard. I've been working. Mello, tweet it. Hashtag Mello versus Derek. <laughs> I touched rim uh, just yesterday. And it was... <laughs> <laughs> Probably the highlight of my week, so. 
Mallory versus Mellow. I'm Mallory ready. versus Mellow is coming up. Hoodie Mallory <laughs> versus Hoodie Mellow. Oh, it's okay. lit. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Speaking of Mellow. Yes. Actually, I, I have no transition into the next part. <laughs> so basically, the, the next part, we're, we're going to talk about the, the, our boldest predictions for the upcoming NBA season. I have taken on the East Con- Eastern Conference. And I've taken uh, on the Western because I don't really care about the East outside the Pacers and Sixers. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were both given we, – we both chose a conference, and uh, we're just going to give some, like, bold predictions, what we think is going to happen for this upcoming season. Uh, so Isaac's going to lead off first with the Eastern Conference, and I will respond accordingly. So I, I'm going to do by division. So I'm going to start out with the Atlantic division. Okay. And I'm going to start out with the Celtics because, you know, I really do like the Celtics. But the Celtics, um, straight up, no sugarcoating it, Brad Stevens wins Coach of the Year this year. Okay. I- straight up, Brad Stevens Coach of the Year. He is by far, I think, besides Pop, the best coach in the league. Brad Stevens, what he's done with his roster when Kyrie Hayward went down is just awesome. You know, he still made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. He, he gave LeBron a run for his money. And, I mean, you could argue there's a lot of talent on that roster. But, of course, talent needs a good coach to succeed. Straight up. Like, you need you need a coach. You need the plays. You need somebody to pull the team together. And I think Brad Stevens just does an amazing job with that. He's done an amazing job developing the young talent that Danny Age has drafted. Um, so, Brad Stevens, Coach of the Year. He deserves it. Yeah, Stevens finished third coaching in the, or Coach of the Year votes. He got third place, and uh, just like year after year, especially last year with Hayward and Kyrie down, he was just able to replace them with just, like, people from, like, two-way contracts in the G League, just, like, picking up people like Jabari Bird and, like, Abdel Nader and just, like, having them, like, be solid contributors to the team, you know, and being able to, like, have Isaiah Thomas rise to stardom and subsequently fall to start, fall out of stardom, but then replace him with, like, a guy like Terry Rozier, who had a great season this last year, I mean... He's able to do that. I, I feel like the Celtics just have, like, they're, they're the Spurs of the East and that they have such a good system. They're, they highlight every player's strength. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. They highlight every player's strength. Like, Brad Stevens really, I think, gets, takes time getting to know his players and what they're good at and then using them in that way. You know, a lot of players have revitalized their careers, too, with Brad Stevens. Like, you know, they come to the Celtics. And then also, I, I have one more take with the Celtics. Terry Rozier or Marcus Smart are going to – one of them is going to get shipped if Kyrie commits to the Celtics. Shipped? Um, Ooh, okay. One of them is going to get traded or both of them um, because right now, I mean, on their roster, they have Kyrie Irving, Terry Rozier, and Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart moves to the two, but I really do not like him as a two. He's a point guard. Yeah. Somebody – one of the guards is going to get shipped because, I mean, they have – Jalen Brown is a two right now, too, as well. And, like, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart coming off the bench, sure, but I don't think they want to do that. Rozier's already expressed his frustration with being a backup. You know, he thinks he's earned a starting job. So, I, you know, if Kyrie says, I'm staying here, then one of them or both of them are getting traded. I mean, yeah, that would be kind of be a smart move for them just because they're probably at the peak of their value right now. Uh, they mm-hmm. probably do need to get rid of one of them just – because they can't – the thing with the Celtics is they're not going to be able to keep everybody. That team's going to have to get broken up some parts just because if these guys keep playing the way they're playing, they're going to demand higher contracts, and you can't really afford all of them. So, uh, th- yeah, I could see one of them being Yeah. Straight. I see the Celtics' core as Kyrie, Brown, Tatum, Hayward, um, and then Horford. Yeah. That's kind of the core I see. So everybody else is like, I would love them there, but at the same time, like, we don't. 
need them. And then the last final hot take with the Celtics. I think the Celtics are going to take the Warriors to seven in the finals. Ooh. I think they're going to give the Warriors a run for their money. Maybe not like the starting unit. We're going to go in. It's going to be like close. The starting unit's going to stay with them. But I think really where it's going to come in with the Celtics, if they keep this roster together, it's going to be the bench. The bench is made up that I think their bench can beat the Warriors' bench. Yeah, they're they're definitely a deep team. Uh, yeah, just all around. I I like that. That kind of contradicts my take that I'll get to later. But you know, you have every right to your opinion. I do, as I do mine. So yeah, get, get at me. All right. So here's the moving on. Celtics to the Nets. We're staying on the East Coast, the Atlantic sure. Division. Celtics to the Nets. I've got a, with this. I'm a, th- there's a lot here, so let me just go into all of this. Um, okay. The Nets have been for a long time acquiring big contracts to get draft picks and try to rebuild that way because they left themselves so demolished after getting rid of all of those first-rounders. Um, so here, here's what I've got. Their core right now, I think, commit, consists of young talent. So Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Din- Dinwiddle, Dinwiddie, sorry. <laughs> Those those three guys are all three ending their contract this next year. So I think all three of them get paid. D'Angelo gets paid. Ray Hollis Jefferson gets paid because he's the only guy on that roster that complements D'Angelo Russell. Then you've got Spencer Dinwiddie going to be an awesome backup. I think he's going to get some money too because they want him to stay around and not many people want to stay on the nets right now, I think. And they're going to pay all three of those guys. Listen to this though. Crab – Alan Crabb comes off the books in 1920. Darren Williams actually, yeah, Crabb is getting paid until 1920. Darren Williams is still getting paid until next year, um, but off the books after next year is Dwight Howard, Damari Carey, Kenneth Fareed, and Jared Dudley and Ed Davis. So I think what they're doing is, I mean, this money's going to be gone. Like all of these big contracts are going to be off the books. They're going to pay their young stars, and then they're going to look for a veteran to bring in. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to be like an all-star because I don't think Nets are going to be able to sign an all-star, but I think they're going to bring in like a solid veteran. You know, I don't know who that'll be. Like names that would be around the area, I think, would be like Chris Middleton, you know, like good guards, good small forwards, um, Rudy Gay, you know, those that type of tier of player. Okay, so like um, above average kind of wing, like above average scoring, like just kind of – not a superstar by any means, but can hold his own. Yeah, and they're going to pay him a little extra, but they're going to get him there, and I think that's going to be big for their rebuild is that they get a veteran that's actually worth something and not, you know, Dwight Howard. So, <laughs> <laughs> But the Nets, basically, they're going to stay lotto. They're just going to keep this rebuild going, and I think they're in a good position. I think it's the first time in a while the Nets are in a good position. That's what I've got with the Nets. They're going to continue the rebuild. They're going to pay their young stars, so they're going to keep – trust in their young stars. Um, and if that gets them to the playoffs someday, that's great. I think that's all they really want is to be relevant again at this point. Exactly. Uh, so then straight from the Nets and they're paying everybody. We're going to the Knicks. Knicks, I mean, this one isn't that crazy. Noah's going to get bought out. They don't really want him. Um, nobody wants him. Joakim Noah's going to get bought out. And so they don't have to worry about Noah anymore because he's just kind of log jamming their centers, stopping young talent from playing. Get rid of them. Let somebody that needs them to play off the bench sign them for a minimum. Noah's happy. Knicks are happy. I think that's the best deal. Porzingis is going to own New York after this year. He oh, is yeah. going to resign and he is going to get all of the money. Yeah, I mean, all of the money. Who else are you going to give it to? No one. And then actually, actually, I do have this. Cantor, Enos Cantor is going to take the rest of the money left over from Porzingis. 
Is Porzingis still on a rookie deal? Yes. He's making four million. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He he. This this next year is his last year. He's getting the max. Uh, oh yeah. He you have to pay him the max because if you don't, I mean, you give him a qualifying offer. Somebody else gives him the max, and then you match that. But he'll be pissed because you know you could have given him more. So you have to give him max. Yeah. Got to give him the most you can. That's the only way you keep him around. He loves New York. Don't make him angry. This is your guy. Yeah, um, coming off a of season of 23 points a game. I mean, granted, he only played half the season because of that injury. But he's yeah. at 23, almost – or two and a half blocks, and then he was shooting 40% from threes. So, I mean, he's definitely the future in New York that, yeah, got to get the max. He's their guy. You put Cantor next to him, you have offense for days, and Porzingis can play um, defense. I, the Cantor, not really, but still – um, I think I think they keep both of those two, and I think the Knicks are starting to look up. They don't sign Kyrie. There's no way. I, I do not think Kyrie goes to the Knicks. There was a lot of talk of that. Don't think Kyrie goes to the Knicks. They fail to sign Kyrie this next offseason. Okay. Um, that's what I see happening. But the Knicks are going to continue this kind of like slow rebuild they're on and hopefully become relevant again. Uh, 76ers, straight up, I think things are not going to go according to plan. I think there's going to be chemistry problems. I think Embiid is going to get angry in Philly. I think Embiid's going to get frustrated with Philly. He already oh. is frustrated. He's been on the line of frustrated for a while. All right? And Embiid was upset last year with his minute restrictions, the year before that with his minute. Like, he, he is upset. He's getting paid, but at the same time, like, I think something's not going to go right, and I think Embiid's going to get even more upset, and things are going to deteriorate. Simmons has kept his mouth, like, shut so far, basically. Like, he's been a pretty calm person in that locker room but you know i think simmons and mb get on each other fultz and mb don't get along somebody and Embiid are gonna butt heads you know you know uh, what i think is gonna be the major downfall to the 76ers ben simmons is dating kendall jenner so it's that kardashian curse i uh i could i could see the strings coming loose just yep, yep. based off that kardashian curse it's done it's over I didn't know that. It's over. Kardashians killed the Sixers. All right. Moving on from the Sixers, we got the Raptors. The Raptors were hard for me. Really hard. I think what's going to happen here. Kawhi and Valhunez are both ending their contracts this year. I think Kawhi gets the max from the Raptors. He gets a super max deal from the Raptors. Okay. It's just too much for him to turn down. The Raptors give him everything. and Like, keys to the city, everything. Kawhi stays, but they cannot afford to sign Valahunas, so they have a hole at center. So you think Kawhi gets uh, Paul George into staying into Toronto? Yes, I think Kawhi gets Paul George into staying Kawanto. Kawanto. Kawhi is staying in Kawanto. They renamed the city. Um, and then Valahunas, they can't afford to keep him because, I mean, he deserves more money than he's making now, and he's making quite a bit of money now. And so he walks. So he he leaves. Because Toronto can't afford it. Then I think OG. Here's my thing. OG is going to become Kawhi 2.0. Yes. Like uh, OG Ananobi is Kawhi 2.0. I mean, he has the same set of skills, and he's just younger. I think those two just thrive together, and you've got this awesome Raptors team for years to come. I like that. That's a happy ending. I like that. Yeah. So there, there's the Raptors coming in. Valhunas walks. OG stays, obviously. Moving into the Central Division, we got Bulls. Jabari and Levine are getting injured. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Both are going to go down with an injury, probably in the same game. Oh, um, no. And Not the Bulls so are going to look at their roster and be like, well, man, didn't we mess up? 
And so the Bulls are going to begin rebuilding again. But there's good news. Markinen solidifies himself as the guy. Lori Markinen is going to be the guy in Chicago. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's How bright is that future with <laughs> Markinen as your future and uh, your two stars injured? I mean, oh, that's just I mean, Levine's not a star in Chicago. I mean, yeah. Like, they signed Levine to a lot of money, but, like, when you go to Chicago, people aren't like, yeah, Zach Levine's going to lead us to – no, like, Markinen's the future in Chicago. Jabari now arguably is fun to have there, but like Levine's like, okay, we gave him money, sure, let's let let's have him do something, you know. Um, I'd argue there's more uh, people wearing Derrick Rose jerseys in Chicago than anybody else on the roster right now. So. Oh, there, there, yeah, oh, definitely still is. Or um, definitely Michael Jordan jerseys. But oh yeah, there's more MJ jerseys than any of them. But Markinen's gonna start selling jerseys. Markinen's gonna be the boy. Markinen's the man. My man, Markinen. It, with the with the Chicago, that's how it is. Cavaliers, bold predictions. They're gonna trade Smith, Hill, Thompson, or Clarkson. Maybe all four of them. Who knows <laughs> what the way they do things? But those four guys are have deals that are either two years or one year. They're coming to an end. They're being paid lots of money. Like those guys can be shipped to playoff teams to start a rebuild. Maybe Love stays and he's like their centerpiece moving forward. All right, no playoffs for him this year. Colin Sexton though, I think is gonna be a top three rookie. Look out for Colin Sexton. He may come off the bench to start the season, but he's going to provide very good defense and very good playmaking at that point guard position. He's not going to – I don't think he's going to put up 15 a game. I think he'll put up maybe 10, 12 points a game, but he's going to provide some assists. He's going to provide really good defense. He's going to be underrated, but he's definitely going to be a top three rookie. Do you, do you think he's going to win that starting or starting point guard position over George Hill, whether George Hill gets traded or not? Yes, at some point he will become the starting point guard. Okay. I think they wait a little bit, but I think at some point he becomes the starter. I don't know when in the season that will happen, but I do think he becomes the starter. And if he doesn't, it will still be for good reason. He's going to do great off the bench. Maybe they keep Hill, maybe they keep him behind him, but I think Sexton deserves to be the starter at some point this season. So maybe that will happen around Christmas. Who knows? Talk about uh, predictions. I haven't seen this man play a minute of NBA basketball, and you're already <laughs> claiming him as the cap starter. I like it. He's going to be the starter. Uh, I, I like Colin Sexton. Watched him play in college. I think he was a great pickup at number eight. Um, he's going to be solid. Yeah. Um, then we got the Pistons. We're talking about the playoffs? <laughs> playoffs? Pistons are going to make the playoffs. Maybe as the eight seed, but they're going to make Whoa. the playoffs this year. Yeah. I, I, I think so. If they let Blake Griffin, you know, do his thing and give him a full season of that Griffin drumming connection, I can see it. Yep. The front court is too good. I believe that. The front court is too good for the Pistons not to play, make the playoffs. And if they don't make the playoffs, rebuild again. The Pistons are going to continue the mediocre rebuild. I don't know attempt. if they, can, they can't afford to rebuild. They just gave – they just got Blake, you know. They, they're paying him so much. I don't know if they can afford to rebuild. I Honestly, I think they ship everybody. They they have to ship Drummond if if that happens. If they, if they just stink up the joint, they're going to have to ship Drummond. So good luck to that because I love Drummond on the Pistons and I really don't want him anywhere else. But yeah. um, I think that would be their only option is to ship Drummond and what? Kennard? <laughs> um. <laughs> Luckily for them, they're in the East. So I think they won't really have that hard, hard time making the playoffs just because, no. you know, who else is going to make the playoffs? Someone's no going to get in. No. <laughs> Someone has to get in. So, yeah, the Pistons, uh, you'll be fine. I think they make that – they reach and grab that eighth seed. 
That's my bold prediction. That does not align with anything I said earlier. But I know, exactly. <laughs> I was making these predictions. I was like, when we did the playoff predictions a couple weeks ago, like I'm totally off base with like everything I'm saying. But you know, opinions change. This is bold predictions for the East. This is not going with anything else. This is like if everything goes great yeah. or the worst. Um, that's kind of what I'm going. Everything now we're changed. on to the. Sorry, go ahead. I said everything we're saying on this podcast is not canon. My opinions will change within the next week, unless it's about Carmelo Anthony. Uh, those will be written in stone. <laughs> um, That's well, right. What were you going to say? Moving from the Pistons to the Pacers. Ooh. I got a lot on the Pacers because I love the Pacers. Turner gets paid. We're going to pay Turner. Or I th- we, we have to pay Turner. He needs to we show gotta pay up. Turner. He, he had a very, he had a subpar season last year. He led the league in blocks for like a period of time, but he he had a subpar year. Like not what I expected of him. He hasn't really he didn't really grow too much last year. I think we'll be in a position where we have to pay him. Just, There's no other option. Uh, hopefully he improves and deserves getting paid. Yeah. But and I think Indy Indianapolis likes him enough oh, that yeah. they're gonna keep. Because that's something the Pacers really weigh over a lot of franchises. Like, who do our people like? And obviously with Lance, they moved on. But Lance is different than Turner. <laughs> yeah. You know, Turner, even if he doesn't have great games, he makes smart plays mm-hmm. consistently. So yeah. I'm not I, – I would I would be okay with us paying Turner a lot of money. Um, near max is what I'm kind of thinking. Uh-huh. But he's going to get paid. Um, I think Thaddeus Young leaves. <laughs> I don't think Thad Young stays in free agency. Um, he's unrestricted free agent. I think he goes elsewhere. Um, Oladipo, Evans, and Turner are about to go off as a trifecta. I think Turner has a has a career year this year. Um, we're going to be a top three seed in the East. We're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll probably beat out the 76ers to do so. Uh, and then because the 76ers are going to have their chemistry problems, and then McDermott is going to find his niche on this team. I think McDermott, McDermott is going to be looked at as like, wow, that was a good contract. I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to come off the bench. He's going to do really well shooting threes. He's going to play well next to the rest of the team. I think he's a great fit. I think he's going to find his niche, and I think we're going to be talking about the McDermott as, like, three-point contest maybe. I could, yeah, so, like, basically, like we were saying, uh, Kyle Corver 2.0 just taking on that role. Yeah, he's going to take on a role as the spot-up shooter on the team, and he's going to do really well doing it because uh-huh. I think – Again, Nate McMillan and the Pacers sign these players that they know what they're good at, and they say, do what, do your thing. Yeah, Tyreek We're not going to try to change it. Tyreek Evans was such a good pickup for the Pacers. I, yes. Yeah, he was having an amazing season last year, so I think he'll be phenomenal for the Pacers. The, their season, in my mind, really depends on how Miles Turner – like, one, how Victor Oladipo bounces back. Like, if he can come back and have a similar year as last year, he'll be, you know, all, all-star again, you know – NBA all defensive team. If he can bounce back like that, that'll bode great for us. But Miles Turner went from 14 points a game to about 12, um, and he went down from seven rebounds a game to six. Uh, three point shooting fell a little, bit, or actually it was about the same. But field goal percentage fell by about point, by about 40 percent or four percent. I was like, wow. Um, <laughs> he couldn't, geez. he couldn't make a shot at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think Miles Turner this year. I would be happy with Miles Turner in a big contract if he averaged fourteen eight and like a block at point one point eight blocks. Yeah, he he needs I, that. he needs to be tougher at down low. I mean, yeah, I think he's just gonna if he becomes the anchor on defense. I I love him. 
if he just, you know, makes the shot he's given, grabs some rebounds and blocks some shots, I'm happy with him. I really, I, I am. And I think he's been working this offseason. You know, Oladipo brought a new culture to this team of just let's work. Um, and that's what the Pacers have done. And I'm, I'm excited to watch them play. Here's, here's, my, here, here's my hottest take. I honestly, it's not that hot, but with the Bucks. Okay. The Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo wins MVP. Ooh. He, he wins MVP this year. He takes the Bucks to a place they have not been before. Thonmaker's going to glow up. Um, Thonmaker has his year um, this year because he was so young when he was drafted. I think this year he's going to start showing us what he can do. Um, and then Jabari who? It's not going to change anything. Jabari's gone. They're going to do better than they did last year. Don't need him. He gets injured too much. Don't need him. They, they don't need him. I think they relied too much on Jabari being there. I think now that he's gone, they don't have that option. Giannis is going to take over. It's done. Again, that uh, that counteracts one of my takes for MVP. But, we again, we will get to that later. Yeah. So Giannis wins MVP. Um, it's down to the Southeast. Last five teams. My goodness. We're going a while on this. Um, <laughs> Southeast. Last five teams. Hawks. Playoffs? No. <laughs> no. No playoffs. Young is going to get benched for Jeremy Lin. Okay. I think they start young early. He struggles against starting lineups. They're going to bench him to try to salvage him, and maybe a year or two he comes and actually does something. But they're going to try to throw him into the starting lineup, and it's not going to work. I think he's going to get manhandled by these NBA point guards that he's not used to. Yeah. Like, they're not going to let him jack up threes, you know, that other people were going to let him jack up. They're going to know how to play him. They're going to watch the film. I think he gets manhandled, and he then they bench him for Lynn. Lynn does okay in the starting lineup, you know, as he does. He does fine. Trey Young comes off the bench, and then you start thinking, okay, Trey Young off the bench. This looks nice. So that's, I think, where Trey Young's going to find his niche in his rookie year. So, yeah, Young gets benched. Collins, John Collins is going to have a good year. I think Trey Young gets way too many, like, comparisons to Steph Curry. So they're going to, like, try and rush him into being the next Steph Curry, and it just won't happen right away. Um, so, I, yeah, I like what you're saying. I can see him just, like, struggling a little bit just because he's got expectations for him. But he'll hopefully, you know, not definitely not, I don't think this year, but hopefully down the line he'll find his way. And they put a lot of pressure on him. When the Hawks traded, you know, Don, you know traded Doncic for him, that was a lot of pressure. You know, oh, tremendous, yeah. Number one prospect in the draft. We're trading for you. Like you better be that good. Like that. That's a lot. So I, you know, we'll we'll see. I, I think he gets benched um, because he's struggling. But I don't think that's a bad thing for him. I think he still has a good career. Hawks. The Charlotte Kemba's getting traded. This is the year Kemba's getting traded. They really, I mean, looking at their assets, like they got rid of Howard. Howard was their really last attempt to compete in the East. It didn't work. They got to go young. They got to embrace their young team, um, and I think Kemba needs to go. Uh, Lamb, Jeremy Lamb is going to walk and get paid this offseason um, by somebody. Maybe the Nets sign him. Who knows? Lamb's going to walk. Batum is also – well, I don't think they can get rid of Batum. I think they're going to try to get rid of Batum. I think nobody takes him because he's getting paid way too much. Yeah, his contract's huge. It's ridiculous. They're going total rebuild. I think this season, you know, wow, we really just take a step back and be like, all right, it's time. Like, our roster's not – things are not coming together. I think it would be hilarious to see Kemba get traded to the Cavs, like, one year too late. <laughs> it's like, we, could, we really could have used you last year, but, you know, we're both incompetent organizations. So, uh, you want – here you go. Let's uh, go to a yeah. failing Cavs team. 
I, I honestly, I don't know where Kemba will go when he's traded. I think it'll be, I mean, the Lakers could make a case for him, I think. I think that'd be cool. But, of course, they have Lonzo, so they don't need him. I think the Spurs would do well with Kemba. I think he'd be a good fit on the Pacers. I don't know. There's 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 some options for Kemba to go to, and I think he might push for it this year too. I don't know. We'll see what happens to Kemba, but I think he 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 leaves this year. He's a um, contender. He, he really does. He's been very like underrated throughout his career, just because he's been suffering with the Hornets, but he's been putting up good numbers his whole career. Um, I would like to see him succeed on a contender, and you know, Hornets are obviously not going to do it. So yeah, a team like the Pacers or like somebody like a like a team in the East who like needs a point guard. Or like needs a star player. I would like maybe even the Bucks or somebody don't really have a strong point guard outside like Brogdon or somebody. I would like to see. They have, they have Bledsoe now too. Oh yeah, Bledsoe had an alright season. Um, but I, I would just like to see Kemba succeed, like on a contender. Yeah, like the Magic. Now <laughs> 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 oh, we'll get to them. Miami's next though. Then we go to the Magic. But Miami, Whiteside's gone. I buy out a trade. They're getting rid of him this year. They, that is not going to work. Whiteside. Believes he's a starter. Miami says you're not. It was bad of them to commit to him in the first place. Whiteside's gone. End of this year, he's gone. Goonies never say die, but it's time for Miami to say die. So, like, Miami has tried to hold on ever since LeBron left. They're like, we can do this. We can do this. And it's just continued to be like, no, you can't. You you really can't. You lost all of the big three. You're still paying Bosh. Just so you know, they're still paying Bosh. Um and I just think it's time. They keep Dwayne Wade, um, and they just kind of move assets around and see what they can do to build for the next couple of years. And I have no idea what's going to happen with Justice Winslow. I could see two scenarios. They're going to pay him a crap ton of money in hopes he turns into something he's not. Or they're going to let him walk, and he's going to go somewhere and be bench, a rotation player. That's what I've got for Winslow. Magic. Bamba and Isaac are going to block every single shot that goes up. <laughs> every single shot, Bamba and Jonathan Isaacs are going to say, no, they're going to have a great defense this year. Aaron Gordon is going to be the exact same player he was before they paid him, and people are going to be upset that they paid him so much. Um, then Shelvin Mack is also going to lead <laughs> the Magic and assists again. Is he, is he still with the Magic? No, I think he's on a different team. Well, never mind. He'll still lead him with an assist. No, so Shelvin, Shelvin Mack's gone. Um, He's on the Grizzlies, and, though. Yeah, so Shelvin Mack's gone. So he'll lead the Grizzlies in assists. With three points. Um, and then 3.9 a game. And then lottery, uh, again. They're going to be, like, the fifth or sixth pick again. But they're going to have a great defense. So I think next draft, maybe they get somebody that can score. And look at that. Now they're the 13th pick. Um <laughs> But that's what I've got for Magic. Honestly, though, I'm really happy with the duo of Isaacs and Bamba. I think that could be good if Bamba doesn't turn into a uh, Bismack Biombo. Who knows? So, <laughs> yeah, I, see. I, I like that two together. They should be really fun to watch. Just like kind of like one way to go in the NBA is just like have, you know, just shooters everywhere like the Golden State or like the Houston method. But like another thing that's been going on is just like have just like a two like twin towers just going on with like you saw – I, I guess the Cousins and Anthony Davis experiment kind of failed, but then yeah. you know, Blake and DeMarcus, or not Blake and DeMarcus, Blake and Drummond, that's a fun one. And then I could see, yeah, I like Jonathan Isaac and Bamba together just towering and putting up their eight-foot wingspan and just blocking everything in sight. Literally, they could just stand on either side of the paint with their hands up. I wouldn't be opposed to it. 
Yeah, that that's a good defensive strategy. <laughs> Did you um, see? And I have on Reddit there was like a off-season post. It was like, what? Why can't people just like form like a like a red rover, red rover line at half court? <laughs> just get the lengthiest players in the NBA and just have them just like cross their arms or like hold and then like together. fall when you get hit so you exactly. get a charging. Yeah, it's just like you know you can't get past those. We're just simply too long. <laughs> I, I like that. I, I, I could see them doing that. I think that'd be fine, yeah. Man, that's that's the Magic's defense. We're just going to stand around, <laughs> just not let you shoot. Exactly. Um, so, and then they'll still lose because they can't put up any points themselves. So, <laughs> and then last, but certainly not least, you have the Wizards. I think their chemistry is also going to fall apart um, because now they're getting Dwight and Beal and Wall already don't get along. The locker room is going to fall into non-existence. Um, Beal or Wall get dealt, and then um, Austin who? Austin Rivers is going to have a terrible year. <laughs> Straight up. Austin Rivers who? Here's here's my prediction. Beal gets traded. Austin Rivers takes over starting, and everybody's like, oh, my Lord, how is he in the NBA? <laughs> so you think you're in the party that thinks Austin Rivers is only in the NBA because his dad coached him. For the majority of it, for his whole career. I didn't say that. You, you were thinking it, though. I, you know, I, I haven't said that. I'm putting words in your mouth. I'm sorry. No, no, it, it's 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 true. Um, I mean, I think Austin Rivers is fine. I don't think he's starting caliber. And I think they're going to put him in there and gonna be like, oh, my God, we missed Bradley Beal. <laughs> like, <laughs> what have we done? And, like, they're not going to get what they wanted for Bradley Beal. And the Wizards are just going to be like, oh, no. So that's what I see. Um, happening in the East.